Hi, I'm Maria Theoharis or Velasos on social media. Welcome back to Server 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. On Soul Organized Style podcast, I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Thanks for joining us on Sober 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style. Sober 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. Marcia Lois Riddington is back on the podcast as today's Sober 50 podcast guest. Marcia was the very first So Over 50 follower that I interviewed on the podcast on the 21st of May, 2020. That's when that podcast was published. So Marcia, thank you for coming back on the podcast today. It's my pleasure. It's very nice to be here and out of lockdown too, which is good. I agree because that's where we all were way back then. Mm. I must admit the sewing community was, it was just amazing during that time when I think we all felt very isolated. I just think it was a godsend. It really was amazing. It kind of gave us communication with so many people and we could all carry on talking to one another. It was a bit of a lifesaver, I think, for a lot of people, including myself. It was good. And I still appreciate so much that you came on the podcast way back then. And we were both getting used to Zoom at that point, like a lot of people were. Yes, it became a way of life, Zoom, didn't it? Yeah. It really did. And so many older family members were really not very good at it. It was quite entertaining, really. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but we got used to it. We did. We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I think sometimes these things, we do all have to develop new skills in certain circumstances. And it's amazing how versatile we all became, I think, really, at living a different way of life. We had to, really, I think, if we were all going to survive and be happy. Hopefully, that's all behind us now. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yes. You've just touched on something quite important there that we were forced into a particular situation and we adapted, took on technology, and it had nothing to do with ageism. No, nothing at all. No, no, you're absolutely right. That is something that I can really get on my high horse about because I think it's the one thing I think we all know we don't put people down because of everything else, but it still is acceptable to make fun and put people down because of their age and it's accepted and I still think that is wrong but it's something that's not really spoken about very widely Mm -hmm. I think which I think is very silly because whatever nationality whatever color whatever sex we're all going to become old people and so I think it's something we should all be trying to address in our own way I think and there are so many ways that we can address it I think but it's a huge thing that needs to be talked about, I think, really, if that makes sense to you. It makes perfect sense. So the 50 began in August 2018 with a very small group. and Sandy and Judith have been running it since then. The group has grown now to 44,000 followers and growing. And it was all to do with raising the visibility of older sewers. Yes, which is 
is so important because you definitely felt that we were just in the background. But I definitely think when you get to a certain age, people don't notice you. Mm. I'm not entirely sure why that is, because there are a lot of very boring people who are young, let's face it, you know, it's not that. But it is very strange how all of a sudden, I think whether it's the same for men, I do not know. But for women, definitely, you do get to a certain age and it's as if you're not there almost. And when people advertise things for old people, particularly on on the telly, like a stair lift or one of those old person's bath, they always have a young, fit person in it. And I'm thinking this is really quite bizarre. It's as if we should be ashamed of looking like old people. I think that is the thing that really makes me cross, is the fact we should feel slightly ashamed. And I think it's very dangerous from a physical point of view, because so many women have quite dangerous procedures to get rid of their wrinkles and their fat and to change their body shape. And apparently a lot of older women are also getting eating disorders because they want to be thin, like young people, apparently. And I just think it's so very, very sad that women don't have the confidence to say, yes, it's me. I'm older. I don't care if I've got wrinkles and I don't care if my waist is slightly bigger than it should be, because that's how nature intended us to be. And I just think it's so sad that we can't accept that. And I think that is one of the best things about the so over 50 community. We don't feel we have to breathe in for our photographs. We don't feel we have to, you know, put lots of makeup on to smooth our wrinkles out. We can just take pictures of our sewing looking exactly like we are. And we don't have to feel ashamed. And they don't criticise. They're just very supportive. That is so very empowering. That is a good first step into kind of thinking, yes, it's okay to be old. You know, I am happy. I'm well. Let's face it, that's the important bit, really. Anyway, that's how I feel about it. As a sewist, our superpower is that we can adjust any pattern to fit our body. We can make clothes to fit our body. And that's the other thing that we have in our lifelong toolkit. Yes, yes, I think so. We can wear what we want to wear and not what the big companies think we should be wearing as women of a certain age. That is a very important thing. But yes, it is very empowering, I think, making your own clothes. Because to be honest, I don't know what commercial size I am. I have no idea what size I am because I don't need to know because I just put pins in and stitch the size, you know, I want it to be. Yeah. When you're younger, those sizes, if you went and tried something on and it didn't fit, I mean, that ruined your week or your day. You know, we were definitely ruled by those. And if you make your own clothes, you don't have to worry about that at all. And I think that is um, very important. But I can understand why the So Over 50 campaign to have older models on patterns. I think that is really important. For me personally, I don't look at the pictures of the model wearing clothes. I look at the line drawings because that's all I need to know about. 
is what shape it is. But I think for a lot of sewers who are just beginning, they are influenced by the picture on the pattern. And you need to see someone who looks a bit like you on there, you know, not someone who's 18 or something. If we are buying the patterns, I think, to be honest, we should have a say, because if the older women stop buying these patterns, they would soon notice, wouldn't they, really? From a financial point of view, if nothing else. And so that's what we have to do. The weird thing is, the only patterns I really like are the Japanese sewing books, because I just love them. Yet they're all modelled by very beautiful, young Japanese women. And perhaps that's how I see myself. I don't know, actually. I long to be a young Japanese girl. But they always have very good line drawings, so you can see exactly. But I think the styling on patterns definitely affects whether you're going to buy it or not. So subconsciously, even if it isn't intentional, I think the way it's styled is very important. They are quite a big investment to pattern. They're not cheap, whether it's a commercial one or an independent one. Yeah, it's still an expense that you've got to outlay to get the pattern. Mm, yeah. And then if you're going to test the pattern out, well, again, that's fabric that you've bought, time that you've spent to try and get it right. Yes, exactly. It's a big investment, yeah. which I think is why we tend to look after clothes that we make ourselves a lot more than something we just go out and buy because there's so much love and investment in it. We actually want it to last longer mm. I think and I think this year as well and yeah I've discovered this mending this visible mending thing and now I'm getting quite excited now if there's a, a small hole appears in something now I'm actually getting excited thinking wow this is an opportunity to get a bit creative I entered a challenge earlier in the year a mending thing it was a very cool lady in Brooklyn was it Kate Seculis? Yep. Yes, that was the one. She was on the podcast last year and this year for Men March. And that was so good because that really pushed me to uh, do things I'd never done before, which is why I think some of these challenges are quite good. So it was fantastic, actually. It was uh, really good and it was so much fun. And now I just, I don't want jeans that don't have men's on anymore because they're so boring. It's so good the way we pick up so many things from other people. I mean, I don't think we kind of just copy. When you're going through Instagram late at night, which is normally when I do it, you pick up so many ideas. There are so many creative people out there. And all of the, these little things you see just stick up there. And then the next time you're doing something, you know, these little ideas come to you. And I just think it's so lovely that we can do that. Because, I mean, it's something when you're young, you actually had to buy a magazine, which you didn't actually want most of it, but and they, they just got thrown away. But it's so nice to have this huge library of wonderful ideas we can just, just look at and enjoy and get excited about. Embroidery is one of your other skills, and I can now understand why mending, that's now ignited your creativity because you have sewing and embroidery as your skills. I've always loved embroidery. Ever since I was a little girl, I've always loved embroidery. I just think it's so much fun. And I think it's much more fun as well if you don't have a pattern, if you just kind of make it up as you go along. I just think it's so exciting. 
just so very exciting. I particularly like applique and embroidery all together. I just think then you've got the different textures and colours to work on. And I don't think you need that many fancy stitches either. I think if you've got sort of five stitches, really, that is all you need. I think it's more patience and imagination, I think, because it's not quick, but it's just so much fun. And I really hate finishing a big embroidery project. I just feel bereft at the end Oh, because the pleasure is in the actual doing it rather than completing it, really. Because that was another of the things I did over lockdown was this cushion my lockdown cushion, which I, I look at every day, actually. But I just felt, because it took me months, it, it was just so so sad to finish it, really. But anyway, I just love embroidery. That's a good idea. Can I ask, from the time that you started following the Cyber 50 account to now, have you seen changes in the visibility of older sewers in the sewing community? When you're looking at sewing patterns or fabrics online, sorry, I shouldn't say fabrics because you've got a huge stash. I very rarely buy new fabric. That's right. I don't buy patterns either. I very rarely buy a pattern. I occasionally, I see something online that someone's made and I really like it. I do occasionally buy the pattern, but that is a rarity. I tend to make things up. I've got two coat patterns, mm. which is the Japanese one and the Lotte Jeanne's Daughter one. Because I don't buy specific lengths of fabric, I tend to see how much fabric I have and then work around that. So to be honest, it's not something I really look at a lot that it would be quite hard for me to give an honest answer. It would be an assumption. Okay. I'm more of a, an old curtain kind of gal rather than uh, new fabrics. Okay. People have always thought of me as a bit of an oddity, to be honest, which something when you're younger, you're not very happy about. Mm-hmm. But now I think, yeah, what I, I didn't realise that my clothes were granny chic. It was only when I was looking at these Japanese things, which I love Japanese style. Yeah. I just love it. And I thought, those clothes are like mine. So I, I started using that hashtag. And I've also noticed that my clothes are cottage core as well, oh. which is odd. So, yes. And Mori Girl as well. These other Japanese things. I discovered that I'm like an old version of them. So, yeah, I'd be very happy with Granny Chic. I think Granny is a lovely word, actually. I like it. It's respectful. I think so. I think yeah. so, yeah. I'm yeah. happy with that. Okay. Marcia, how many followers do you have on Instagram? I think it's about 17,000, which is, I don't understand that. It's just bizarre. It's absolutely mad. Absolutely mad. But it's very nice. It's very flattering. It's lovely. It's a good indicator of people who follow you and admire what you do and are inspired by your sewing and the way you put clothes together shall I tell you the nicest thing is I get a lot of direct messages from people and they tell me that it's actually got them into making their own clothes again and I think that is just so good that just makes me very happy that actually that they uh, say that to me I think that is just so nice and also 
some ladies say is that they feel that I've given them permission to wear something that's perhaps not particularly mainstream, to wear bright colours, to mm. wear florals and ankle socks if they want to. And I just think that is really sweet, actually. That is so, so nice that I've been able to do that. I just think it's lovely. It makes my day when people feel they can do things like that without feeling silly. It's nice. And so that's really great that they're telling you that. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so touching. I think it's lovely. But I'm, I'm particularly pleased when they say, I've started sewing again. And I just think that is so, so good. So good when they do that. Now that people are traveling a little bit more at your store, are you getting people who drop in who have been following you on Instagram as well? I do. Yes, that's lovely. I've met quite a few people actually who come in. They're coming to Bury or Suffolk for their holidays and they come in and say hello. That's really, really nice. And also when I'm out and about as well, to my husband's amusement, women stop me and say, hi, you don't know me, but I follow you on Instagram. I, I feel a bit like the Queen, you know. <laughs> He's very amused by that, I can tell you. And it's so nice, actually, that people, people can do that. But I always feel a bit bad. That I don't always know them, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's nice. But yes, it is It is nice when they come to the shop. That is lovely. Which is where I am as we speak. Where is your shop? My shop's in Bury St Edmunds. It's down a really lovely street called St John Street. That is all small independent shops. So it's a really nice street. But my shop's right at the bottom. And people don't always want to walk all the way down. So you've got to really get get yourself out there. And I've, I've got the Instagram page for the shop. So, yes, people don't just pass. It's not the kind of shop you would, would pass on the high street. You've got to want to come to it. This shop is always going to be here. Whatever happens, this shop is going to survive. I'm determined. I really hope that, you know, listeners who are following you on Instagram, when they're able to travel, they actually come and see you because I think that would just be such a treat for anyone who's on holidays. Thank you. It's always nice when people do that. It's lovely. Marcia, what can people look forward to seeing from you on Instagram? I never know, to be (laughs) honest, because (laughs) I'm not a great planner when it comes to sewing. Mm -hmm. It just kind of depends what fabric I find. I'm a very spontaneous sewer, so I don't plan. But I think because I've got quite a big wardrobe I have more clothes than I need but I reckon I'm making them for the rest of my life so I don't feel bad I tend to spend longer making things more appliqued more embroidery more collages I don't need anything straight away but I've finished making a coat actually Mm -hmm. I found old curtains and some fabric samples actually so it's just doing fun stuff with fabrics that are already in the system Yes. because I don't need anything. So it's fabrics that are in the system and just giving things a new life. And I've just discovered the joy of dyeing because I had a few things lying around that were basically good fabrics mm. and reasonable styles, but the colours were dull. So I've been practising a bit of dyeing and I think it could become addictive because it, it's a bit like magic, really. 
I'll be doing more of that. And I've also been following a few people who do painting on fabrics as well. Right. So I'm thinking a combination, really, of painting and embroidery could be fantastic. That is something I'm kind of thinking about as well. That would be fun. And I also want to make a huge winter coat, which I've got some fabric coming from an Instagram friend, actually. And I'm making a big winter coat, which is going to be a big job. So, yes, I've got I've got things I want to do, but I always have these plans. And then I find this amazing piece of fabric, get all these ideas and the plans I have just go. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But it's fun. I think that is the thing. I have so much fun. It has become an addiction because it doesn't matter how tired I am. When I get home from work, I have to go to my room for about half an hour. And even if it's only stitching one seam, I have to do some sewing every day. Otherwise, I'm not happy. I understand that perfectly. I thought you might. I thought you might. Now, this is the good thing about Instagram. If I tell people who don't sew this, they just think I'm off my rocker. You know, whereas if you talk to people who do sewing, they say, yeah, I understand that. Sewing makes us happy. And I know now that not not only are you contributing to the sewing community, but you're also contributing to the mending community and also textile artists who dye fabric. Mm, I think this is the thing. You kind of start off just making a simple A-line frock. Mm. And then as your confidence builds and you keep seeing all of these other things out there, You just get so excited because I think to begin with, you just make what you think you can make. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfect sense. Which is a a simple A-line frock. Now that Mm. might have all been converted into parts of patchwork patchwork frocks now. Then you see something that's like my mat, for instance, that I made. I saw this mat online. I thought, yes, I want that, but it was 500 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I can't afford 500 quid for a Mac. So I thought, I am making one. Just see these amazing clothes in the street or online or in magazines or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you think, yeah, I want one of those. I can make one. And, you know, it might be quite tricky and you do it slowly. I think there is nothing now that I feel I cannot do. I mean, perhaps not immediately. I mean, the one thing I couldn't do is make sportswear. Because I don't like the fabrics, but then I don't do any sport either, so I don't need any. So it's this continual excitement of learning new skills, I think, really. And I think particularly as you get older, I just think learning new skills is so important. I think it's when you stop learning and you stop getting excited about things, that's when you start to age, I think, almost. Your brain kind of cuts out. And so I think it's so important to just keep finding new things that excite you and uh, new skills you want to do. It's good. Keep learning. Oh, absolutely. It's fun and it's good for you. What's not to like, really? That's great advice, Marcia. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) And I just want to say thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast for Sober 50. You're one of the first Sober 50 followers on the podcast And two years later, you know, you're still so inspiring, not just to us who sew, but now to people who mend and who dye clothing and fibres. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me back. Thank you so much. And keep on doing what you do because it's fantastic. Thank you. 
Thank you, Marcia. Thank you. This episode for Sarah for 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style was produced by me, Maria Theoharis, with permission of Marcia Lois Reddington, sound by bensound.com. Listeners, if you want to provide a guest post for Sober 50, make sure you direct message Judith and Sandy at the Sober 50 account on Instagram. Also, keep an eye out for the next So 50 Live event that Bird and Molly are hosting. Remember, these Sober 50 Live events will always be available on the Sober 50 account. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our free So Over 50 podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon so I can keep producing it for you. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>